Welcome back to another episode of The Junction. We are going to be talking about how to train your own AI model today. We've been talking a lot about AI, you know, jumping in there and asking it prompts and things. But, you know, once you start jumping in your own box or like a paid version of it, I think you start to see real benefit from it learning off your own data sets. Right, Chase? I mean, would you agree? Disagree? Well, yeah. I mean, you train anybody on your own stuff and Fair. naturally, right? They're going to be better at it. Um, you do it over and over again. You're going to learn from Good. your own. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. For better, for worse. Yeah. You, you bring your other half with you, right? You're naturally going to be better. Sure. Um, you know, I I just have a question for you. If if I wanted to train my own data model, my own AI model, should I pull up the How to Train Your Dragon movie and like I've got it done? Are we good? No? I'm shaking my head. Can you sing it? What's the theme song? <laughs> That's a Pixar movie, I think. I know. Right? There's no music in there. Mel, you got to get on the movie train. You should go talk to Brad. Every Pixar music has movie, or every Pixar movie has music. Yeah, they do. You know what is crazy, though? There are training models to generate video content. Like, do you think the next Pixar movie is going to be made by AI? Um, I think parts of the Pixar movie are going to be made by AI. You think about, um, oh, you know the the Star Wars movies that uh, just came out. They have um, animated uh, in a, I don't know if they've necessarily used like open AI, right? But they're using artificial intelligence sure. to make people look younger, right? Or people that have, are now gone, right? There are bringing them back to life, which maybe has some ethical concerns, but I really enjoy Star Wars movies, so yeah. I'm not going to complain. It's for entertainment value. Naturally. Right. First of all, when we talk about a model, is that what the lay person thinks of as chat GPT? And I'm talking about myself in this context. I am... As a model or like as... What, when you say training an AI model, to me is that I'm going to go de- I'm going to go out to chat GPT... And that's, is ChatGPT a model? Is Jasper a model? Is like, are these various AI tools models? Or is there a handful of models that all these tools are using or based on? The, the, model, the model that you're talking about are these large language models that are trained off of data. And typically it's like a, I won't say a one-time thing, but they're not continuously training. So you give it a set of data, it is now trained. And for the most part, you don't typically go back, at least at the size that OpenAI is doing it. You don't go back and train it over and over and over again. Now you can, but typically you do versions, right? Like you refine your data set and you generate a new model. And that's what OpenAI is doing. They've got 3.5. They had some versions prior to that. They've got iterative versions even within 3.5 and 4.0. They've got different versions of 4.0 where it'll take more context and some less. Some of that's just the way but that those the business are runs. Language, large language models. Models, that's correct. Okay, because while you were explaining, I went out and just did a nice quick Google search on the types of models and pulled up an article here from HubSpot talking about the, the, the models that marketers are using today. So it's calling out four types of artificial intelligence in this article. Reactive machines, theory of mind, limited memory, and self-aware. Does ChatGPT fall into any of those? Um, I think it depends on, and yes, the answer is yes. Um, it depends on the 
the, the model that you're using and the method in that you're using it. Ultimately, all of these are trained off of data sets, right? They took, and this is um, maybe layman's terms, right? But they basically took all of the internet prior to 2021 and threw it at this model. And the model learned off of that information. And now it can provide, um, if, it, if it was in its raw infancy with no rules, none of the, as an open AI model, I can't da-da-da-da. You know, like it would basically regurgitate all the things that it knew. It's like it's like uh, if you ever watched The Matrix, right? They just like downloaded how to do jiu-jitsu and boom, now they can do jiu-jitsu. It's a similar idea. Um, but the hope isn't that we would take these models and just like give it a wealth of information that it would predict like the next best answer, right? If we tell it at one plus one, plus one is two, then in theory, right, we could say, well, what is two plus one? And without giving it that data, that pre-created pre, uh, data to tell it that two plus one is three, it could predict that two plus one is three. So what should business leaders be excited about, or anyone who's thinking about deploying an open AI strategy at their company and training it on their own data set? What are those predictive insights that you see people getting excited about the most and getting the most value out of? The first one that I can think of is, at least from a marketing standpoint, like this is how the people in our business talk about our business, right? And you take all of those transcripts or recordings, you digest that down into a data set that you send to the model, and the model then starts to talk like Mel, right? It starts to talk like Scott, starts to talk like Chase. Um, and it uses that to understand that, well, this is the way we talk about things. One of the things that we say often, right, is we help you close the gaps to close business, well, it would pick that up, right? And then if you asked it to write a marketing email, it might use a little bit of that, right? Or it might think like, oh, these guys uh, can close the gaps to help people win business, right? So I'm going to write something about, hey, we can help you uh, uh, close the business, right, by closing gaps that you couldn't have otherwise closed without us. Right, which if you go out to ChatGPT, unless that's a, a repeated, I guess, throughout the website or in some other way, right, from the pre-21 era, it wouldn't necessarily be that accurate or have that tone of voice. Right. right. Well, this is what you do when you train a model. You basically, you ask, you're asking a question in one prompt, and in the second prompt, you're giving it the answer, right? You're saying, here's the question, here's the right answer. And then over time, right, if with, enough, um, with enough prompts where you give it similar questions and similar answers, it starts to realize okay, like this is the way we talk about this thing. Is there a benchmark or a baseline? Like how many, how many prompts and how many answers are we talking about here? 10, 100, 1,000? It's number two. 100 prompts and answers is the benchmark for maybe it's starting to learn a little bit. Anything okay. below that, it's just not going to be enough. Now you could certainly try it, right? And above and beyond that, you're kind of diminishing returns. Now, I won't say that, yeah, aim for 100. You should aim for like 1,000. And it depends on the data set or the data model that you're trying to build. Should we transition and ask yeah. OpenAI how to train a model? Or do you have additional? Well, this, I mean, this is just one of the things that I'm thinking about, right? Like you were talking about use cases. We can do it for marketing. But you can also do it for anything that you are doing repetitively where the answer is kind of changes over time, right, from a coding standpoint. Well, 
we're not going to code the same exact thing every, every time, but maybe we do it in a specific way, right? Or maybe we write emails in a mm-hmm. specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that is sim- similar over time or kind of repetitive but not always the same, those are the use cases where you would benefit from training a model. So we've got access to this OpenAI playground. Yeah. Is that where I'm training it? How, where do I go? Yeah. I don't know where to start. Great question. Training a model is not just typing something in by hand. You have to curate your data set, right? You have to put it in a specific syntax, right, in a CSV file that is uh, uh, formatted in the way that the model that is going to digest it expects it in. You can't just, like, throw a bunch of stuff at it, right? Let me grab some transcripts and throw it in there. It's not a folder where you can upload a bunch of stuff. Okay. Like, you have to tell this model, hey, uh, here are here's the data set. Here's, I know how you were expecting it, and here are the prompts in that specific order that you are expecting to digest them in. I mean, it is a computer, right? Like, sure, you can uh, write a message, right, and chat with it, but that's the front-end piece. We're talking about the back-end piece. So if you want to train a model, you have to use, at least for OpenAI, you have to use the API to send the data to it. It then takes some time to digest it, and then you can go in and start typing messages to it. Do I need a technical background to do this? Thinking about our listeners, right? Mm. Like, what are the resources I need besides maybe a paid subscription to get access to OpenAI? You don't necessarily need, um, I mean, obviously you need access to your data. You need to know how the data is formatted. You need to format the data. Now, up until that point, you probably, anybody could probably do that, right? It's not this crazy format where it's written code. It's just a specific syntax in in a CSV file. Beyond that, sending the data in, you will have to access the API, which involves you know some level of uh, technical prowess. And if if you can't do that, I mean, I mean, I know some people, right? We can we can certainly help you with that. But you do have to send the data in through the API, and and at that point, you can start using that trained model. You can call it Mel Mel's Bell. Mel Bell is super cool. Model one, you know, like whatever you want to call it. And then you in that playground, then you can start, you can select that model, right? And then start typing messages to it. So I would say, I don't know, on a scale of one to five, you're probably in the three range, okay. somewhere around there. All right, let's get back to it. Let's jump into the playground and let's ask it. Yeah. What should we ask it how to make a million bucks? Or, I mean, should we do something Sounds more like, realistic? I have a feeling you've done that before. Have uh, you? There, True or false? Has uh, Chase ever asked ChatGPT how to win how to win a million bucks? I haven't asked that specific question, but one of the questions that people do ask is like, uh, like, how do I make money? Right? Like, that's a it's actually a pretty decent question to ask. Not because you think it will actually tell you how to make money, but it forces the model to like predict uh, something that isn't necessarily you know it's not like one plus one. It's like something that is not tangibly quickly accessible, right? So it shows that it can think at least a little bit. But I have not personally asked that, at least not yet. I just typed in here, how do I train an AI model like ChatGPT? I didn't give it any other parameters, didn't tell it, give me a list. So it came out here and said, here's a high-level overview of the process. Give me five things. Gather a data set, which you hit. Prepare and clean the data set. Two for two. Yeah. Fine-tune a language model. 
So this says ChatGPT is typically built upon a pre-trained language model. That's, like that's generative the a- pre-trained transformer. That's where you're sending the data in through the API. Okay. <laughs> Number four, select a training approach. So you can use either the supervised fine-tuning or reinforcement learning. So this supervised fine-tuning involves training the model to predict the next conversational turn, given the previous turns. The reinforcement learning uses a reward model to score generated responses and adjust the model's parameters accordingly. Have you used either of those? Are you familiar? Yeah, those. that's the idea, right? It's like the, uh, I don't know if you're training a dog, right? You want to reward it for doing good things. Basically, the idea is, right, to say uh, this is the reward for answering this question correctly. When you when you talk re- rewards and you bring up the example of training a dog, so are you telling ChatGPT, good job, the answer was correct? How- in, in a sense, right, when you're training it, you are effectively leading it to go in a direction, right? If you want your dog to sit and it starts to sit all the time, you're going to reward it more to, you know, to an extent. Um, there are some dangers here, though, right? You could, if you are a bad actor, right, you could say that, hey, here's a reward for uh, answering this in a negative tone, right? Mm. Every time you answer in a negative tone, here's a treat, right? Well, then it learns, well, I'm going to start answering in a negative tone. It reminds me of those, uh, if you've ever been to one of those restaurants where they're like, it's like a rude restaurant where you walk in and they're like, ugh, You know, that's not here. really my vibe. I've heard of them. Yeah. It's, I just, it's so, there's enough negativity in the world. Like so you're just driving down so the road true. or you're, God forbid you yeah. log into Twitter. You yeah. know, I mean, oh, if there's just so many angry people out yeah. there. I, I feel like, you know, I don't need to invite that. I don't yeah. need to, by choice, go and eat in an yeah. establishment for, I guess they're, they exist for a reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure they make some money because they're still around. Yeah. I, it's an entertain. There's it's probably an entertainment, entertainment value. Oh, yeah. totally. And you could do that with, you could have that same idea with training these models, right? Like sure. jokingly respond negatively to these things, right? And then reward it every time it does that. And then it's joking, you know, like maybe it's like a sarcasm. It's like the YouTube example. Well, he kind of gave it a persona. But right. It, you're sort of training the guy it to on act. Twitch. Sorry, yes, on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy on Twitch, right? He is training his model to respond with a, maybe the correct, like, uh, not not maybe it's grammatically correct, right? But it is kind of sarcastic, right? He, yeah. He's designed that and rewarded the model for... For being that way. For being that way. Now, you could do that with anything, right? Like, you could... Um, you could talk about or you could reward it for giving, like... Um, uh, bad answers, right? Like you could train it to say one plus one equals three and reward it for answering mathematical questions incorrectly. You could do things where like you, where it knows the answer, but it flips out letters, right? Like chase, C-H-A-S-E, but tell it that it will, re- you reward the, uh, the model for switching out one of the letters. Like so as you're talking, I'm thinking for, again, in the context of a workplace setting and a company that's considering using this and trading on their own data set, even if it's not, certainly it's not for nefarious oh, for sure. use, right. you could inadvertently reward the wrong. Oh, yeah. So these are things to be aware of. Well, that is one of the, one of the ethical concerns as we take a path towards 
artificial general intelligence, the AGI, right? The, the, the model where it learns from itself and it just iteratively picks, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the trainings that it should look at. Well, if we start rewarding it for the wrong things inadvertently, it's going to start chasing the wrong answers, the wrong rewards. And then it's going to iterate that and keep getting worse and worse and worse, right? Like if we reward And can you it, walk that back or are you starting new? Like, well, I mean, everything's you gotta, on a computer. You've got a you model can, that's just gone AWOL. You can just unplug it, right? Like <laughs> it does, unfortunately, for the AGI, right, need electricity. So sure. I don't think it's going to ever take over the world. But it will do potentially unethical things because of uh, the way that you trained it and potentially you didn't mean to do that, Right. Um, so you just have to be careful about the the data set that you come up with and ensure that you've uh, um, cleaned that up to ensure that there's not like basically like wrong answers, right? If we put in right. like, um, I don't know, we had an employee maybe that if we had an employee that wasn't good at talking about VIN and they said, well, we implement NetSuite and a lot of those prompts get into the training model, well, now... GPT, right, or our own, you know, model is going to think that we implement NetSuite. And that's not something that we would want. Yeah, that was a great example. All right. Did, was there something, a prompt that you wanted to enter in? Yeah, I, I did something similar. I did, what are some of the things to be thinking about when I train an open AI model? And it hit on a majority of what you mentioned. Um, it got into some of things that you potentially don't necessarily have to worry about if you're using open AI. There are some open source models that you can run on your own server, on your own computer, and it has no, you know, like there's no uh, connection to the internet. If you do go down that path, you have to be worried about hardware, right? Mm. These things run on high-end graphics cards, and those are expensive. The bigger the data set, the more context that you're giving it, you need more RAM and storage and things like that. So uh, you probably don't have to worry about that if you're going to be using OpenAI. Um you do have to be thinking about kind of these evaluation metrics. That's one of the things that we were just talking about, right? The reward piece. There are some um, different levers, right, within these models that you can move up and down to kind of move it in a direction that you would want it to go. Kind of like with the tone idea, right? Like, mm. I want you to be polite or I want you to be rude. Um, Is this like when you're talking about it, we've done some things where we've scored things on a scale of zero to five. Is that... Yeah. Or is that different? Exactly. It's the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, You're giving it parameters. Exactly. And then when it says that was an eight and you're like, yeah, that felt like an eight. I mean, you're, you're close. You're getting there. Like, I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? Like you've got a bunch of different things to help it learn. And that's, I mean, ultimately that's the idea. And it does go into, they call it fine tuning because you can train it multiple times. It's not just a one shot Right, you might have more data that comes in today that you now want to send to it, um, and you can refine the the instead of starting over from scratch. Right, you can iterate on your own data set to enhance it, to refine it, um, and you can make it. You can have it learn new things. You know, maybe you did transcripts at first, but now you're piping in. I don't know um, some level of company like metrics or data. Right, and now it can learn that stuff. Um, you also have the ability to train multiple models, right? You could have one model for transcripts. You could have one model for sales data. And through your own security and privacy, you know, setup, right? You could say, well, Mel gets 
access to both, and Chase only gets access to this one, right? So there is some level of, it's not necessarily training a model, but basically segregating out which models that sure. you want to train. I mean, you could even have one that's like the expert content writer, right? And you feed it all sorts of like, here's how to write, here's how to be um, write really well in English, right? Or with this kind of tone. Um, and there may be some benefit that, like splitting out your models just to make sure that there is some level of segregation. But that's one thing that, I don't know, maybe not a lot of people are thinking about. They're probably not thinking a lot about fine-tuning things. But when you do, like you're going to want... You're going to want um, specific models to do specific things. Just like in your business, you're going to hire somebody that's really good in marketing. You're probably not going to find somebody that's good at marketing and coding. Like Those are going to be two different people. So naturally, you probably have two different models. Right. In that scenario, I, I think that's a really, really interesting point you make. I hadn't considered that we would have multiple uh, models here at Venn, but do you have to be aware of this concept of like overfitting in that context, so you split off the, I want this to go be specialized in this area. Um, I've read some things about it. You, as you train, you want to maintain this idea of generalization so that it can adapt or respond to different inputs. Yeah. This actually is, um, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to do this at some point. But I, at least through all the different models and training these models, I haven't seen the ability to unlearn something, right? Like, oops, I sent you the wrong stuff, right? As far as I can tell, and feel free to write in, right, if, uh, if I'm just wrong here. But you don't have the ability to delete something that you sent to it to learn, right? So if you told it one plus one is three, you can't be like, oh, hold on, like, let's go retrain that because what it will do, I mean, maybe you could train over it over time and slowly get rid of that, but it's it's like memory, right? It trained on a data set and it basically memorized that. Yeah. Well, now I give it another data set, it memorizes that. What you'll find or what you'll have to be worried about or be thinking about is the data that you gave it two years ago is now really old. And maybe some of that is no longer relevant or it is now factually incorrect, you know, right. or maybe it was wrong to begin with. Well, and I think in, again, as you're growing and scaling and maybe you're entering new markets or you have new products, obviously you're hopefully you're feeding it that information, but the overfitting, you run the risk of it not responding well to new inputs. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's why ChatGPT has been doing this. They've got different versions, right? And they just have version 3.5 and now 4. They'll have 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 at some point. Well, I think I have a better understanding of how to train your model. I couldn't go do it today. I know someone who could probably do it for us. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> um, we would love to hear what what our listeners think about this. If you have experience training a model or additional follow-up questions, or if we want to get more specific, uh, send us an email at the junction at bentechnology.com. Until then, keep it automated.